0: Wondering who our new manager will be, waiting for a takeover to be completed and failing to beat Burton Albion at home. Just another standard week in the life of Sunderland AFC. Welcome to the Wise Men Say podcast. I'm Roy Fallow, not joined by Matthew Keelan this week. He is unfortunately having to work in Santa's Grotto this week. He's too busy to come on the pod. You think that's a joke? It's actually quite close to the truth. But don't worry, we've got a full compliment, a great squad for you all tonight as we've got lots to get through. We're joined by Craig Clark. Hello, Rory. How are you doing, Craig? And obviously the others who are here who have yet to be introduced. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, well, let's get introducing them then, because we've got a lot of rattle through. We've got no time for pleasantries, have we? Uh, We've also got Richard Easterbrook, producer Rick.
1: Good evening, Rory. How are you doing?
0: Marvellous. All excited for this new just-a-speakman to be our sporting (laughs) director, or Danny Cowley or Lee Johnson, but we'll get into that along with Jimmy Ray. Well, I was going to say two pods in a row, two pods I've been on in a row your you sort of debut on the on the idiot yeah. pod obviously went really well when we reacted to parkinson's departure so we've brought you back in to
2: the fold for the thursday pod mm-hmm. good evening nice to be on i'm slowly working my way up the table um getting back to fitness yeah you know just uh, <laughs> just nothing too strenuous just nice easy <laughs> nice easy pods for now yeah, reserves like, and whatever two yeah. thirds of the not thirds this pod like, is the reserve pod I must uh, I must stress that at this point <laughs> two <laughs> thirds of the like. way
0: through like you'll go off and someone like Mickey Loff or Chris Weatherspoon will come on, yeah. come on like just to just to see out the game you know because it yeah. can't be like you're saying Rick's got the board strenuous.
2: ready for 45 minutes and, oh.
0: <laughs> Great, <laughs> fantastic a <laughs> um, lot to get through as we just said there um, you know a game to look forward to against Wigan Athletic at the weekend um, probably usually on the Thursday of pod when there's been a midweek game we do tend to touch on that quite a bit but I think we've we've got to kind of breeze past that don't we lads um, you know the game against Burton it was quite crap we got a draw um, we started quite brightly um, nice header from Max Power but I don't think there's much more we can say on that with with more pressing matters to, to talk about is that fair does anyone have the, anything they want to chuck in about the Burton Albion game
3: I think it's the I first time the this season say... sorry Craig. Oh, sorry Richard go ahead Richard
1: uh, Just it's the first time this season that I've not missed being there Basically, if I'd been served up right. minutes of that, and I'd been in the ground, um, I'd have not been happy.
3: I also, well, I agree with that. I, I didn't feel like well, I had a burning desire to be there, and I certainly feel like I might it might have been one of those on a on a sort of cold night you wanted to leave early, which is rare yeah. for me. But it was that bad. I think the only other thing to say would be, which is going to talk speak to the wider topics at hand, getting rid of the managers all well and good. But, you know, you kind of, it doesn't just make things better. Now, obviously, the guy who's come in there, Taylor, is part of Parkinson's team. So maybe it's more continuation than, than any kind of revolution. But that was always going to happen if you sacked the manager. You either had the next man lined up or it was going to be someone hanging around. So just getting rid of the manager isn't the answer, is it? And. This is where we're at now, where we need need the the next step.
0: Perfect segue, Craig, because it does show the need for for that change, given it was very much a continuation. Um, It looks like, um, at the time of recording, it's not being confirmed, but Christian Speakman is coming in from Birmingham City to be our new Sporting Director. He's been there 14 years. Um, last, um, or currently, I guess, at the time of recording, he's been um, their Academy Manager, helping bring through the likes of Jude Bellingham, Damari Gray and Nathan Redmond, Jack Butland as well. Um, that's a positive, to be fair, lads, isn't it? The fact that he's... Clearly got a bit of a track record on bringing through players who are playing, especially in the case of Jude Bellingham, a very high level. And, you know, Demaric Gray at Leicester, Nathan Redmond at Southampton, Jack Butland. Yeah, fair enough, he's taken a bit of a dip, but was, you know, (laughs) is a former England international after all. Um,
3: Okay, just to, to counter that then, Rory, I would say, could you tell me who our academy manager was when Jordan Henderson came through and Jordan Pickford. Now, if you can, great, but I can't, I couldn't tell no, you. No, absolutely it not.
0: But <laughs> it would have been Jed McNamee. I'm not it? saying
3: that means that this guy's no good or whatever. It's just that how much influence do they have on that stuff? I don't, I don't really know. What did you say, Rick? Did you say... I guess it would have been Jed,
1: Jed, McNamee, Jed, Jed McNamee,
3: yeah. Uh, was he the manager <laughs> of
1: the whole thing? leave so yeah yeah right incidentally what's he he doing these days Out of he hasn't updated his linkedin he still said he's (laughs) academy director at uh, at some still at the club allegedly so the first first, bring him back bring him back i think i think what he hasn't left in his mind so (laughs) i think what it says in the in
0: in regards to speakman is is sort of reading between the lines a little bit on him I think it's fair to suggest he'll focus on rebuilding our academy, setting a pathway for them for our academy players to come through and be integrated in and be ready to come straight into the first yeah. team set Which I know That's a good. lot of, which the majority of sporting directors do, but it seems he's got a good pedigree in that area. It's yeah. not like bringing in an agent like Roberto DeFanti. Or, yes. you know, I guess Congerton had a bit of experience in that field. But, you know, I'm just I'm just using the two examples that we've had in these similar roles. But he seems very experienced at making sure young players are ready to go into the first team. So it looks like, might be totally wrong, but like I say, I'm reading between the lines here. We're all speculating still at the moment that he's going to make that pathway as much as signing players and making sure there's a style of football implemented from the top into those, into those youth set-up teams and that's at this level if you needn't rebuild that's kind that's not a bad starting point isn't it that is on the face of it a bit of a positive i would say
2: definitely definitely i think like i think we well, we did mention it on on sunday and obviously the lads did as well on monday i think as much important as the, as a manager is it was getting more of a long term structure in place and i think uh, should this should this go through that's a clear indication that we are Looking, looking to do that. I mean, the guy like like we've covered does have a pretty impressive CV as far as it goes in terms of developing youth players and at Birmingham City, working at a club which isn't necessarily um, always the most successful on or off the pitch as well. So he maybe is used to dealing with you know slightly more challenging circumstances, including the need to make money from the sale of players. There's been a lot of um, quite right criticism of. Uh, our recent um, business with, with with regards to young players, specifically selling selling promising players and stuff like that. And hopefully this is also an indication that we're going to move away from that and actually try and develop players with a pathway to the first team um, as opposed to just develop them, developing them to sell uh, while they're still playing youth football. So I think um, there are two potential positives there. Um, I would add in as well, it seems like he's going to have a fairly large amount of influence on the club in general so I'm assuming mm. he I'm not saying he's going to be picking the new manager but I'm assuming he's going to be consulted if, if, if indeed he is taking the role so you'd expect um, a young sort of progressive looking um, guy such as himself to be looking for a similar sort of style of manager, someone who he can work with um, as opposed to somebody who's going to want total control and nothing to do with him um, so that maybe would rule out certain potential candidates, I don't know but um, for me it's a positive step, it's by no means uh, the band-aid to cover all of the problems that we have but on the face of it, provided it happens, uh, for me, it, it, like I say, it's a good sign and uh, hopefully as well it'll, it'll stop the, the, uh, the sort of leaking of uh, promising talent that's been all too prevalent in our academy for, for far too long.
3: Uh, Richard, because I know is at Birmingham, um, now and you've obviously covered Middlesbrough in the past. Yeah, I think one of the reasons he's, he might be going is that the way the way it worked with Carranca is he's just he's not someone who really works well with a sporting director. I don't think is that is that the case or
1: yeah. I mean Carranca was um, he worked I can't remember the name of the the guy he worked with um, who's an agent. Um, I'll get his name. Right. But when when Borough got promoted to the Premier League, he worked with this guy and. Um, he was supposed to be heading up recruitment, and they made a raft of pretty terrible signings. Um, right. But I think he's at Leeds now, and obviously they're not doing too badly in the Premier League. So. No. But yeah, Carrack Karank- well, was very much, uh, very much kind of he liked to be king and keeper of of everything, really. Just
3: uh, the reason I asked was uh, just speaking to
1: what um,
3: Jimmy was just saying there. The managerial appointment therefore does become really important does if you are going to go down this route, this, this guy has to... I mean, has he had a say in hiring Carrank or If Karanka is a difficult person when it comes to this kind of thing, who knows? Birmingham's a weird club, as you've alluded to, Jimmy. It's, I've had a bit of a scout around as best you can when it comes to these kind of things because, you know, as big a deal as it is, for us bringing in a sporting director, perhaps for Birmingham, they've got more sort of bigger things to worry about at the minute. The comments seem to range from indifference he's a yes man, or, or it's a bit of a, oh, we're losing, rats sort of escaping a sinking ship. Stuff like people saying, oh, uh, he must think, you know, he's, he's had enough of trying to work with our owner, so he's going to go somewhere where he's going to have a more of a say and more of a chance to put his stamp on it. So it's like there isn't one single kind of response to it. But I think, you know, it would be it would be mad to bring him here and then the first thing you do is not bring in a manager that's can do It's gonna to to work, work with them. Yeah. And with a sporting just...
0: director as well, it's always gonna be someone who more than likely is an unknown quantity tier. You are gonna just have to go off. And I know you, you do this with managers anyway, but you know, you you watch their teams play, you've got like actual Honors to look at, do you know what I mean? Whereas the, oh, yeah, the, the yeah. only thing we have to go off is these players that he's brought through, and, and like you say, Craig, yeah. h- how much of an impact has he had on that? But um Matt, actually, to be fair, isn't on the pod today, but he spoke to his one of his mates, who's a Birmingham City fan, mm-hmm. and one of the things he told us was youth players recently is pretty much the only positive at Birmingham, and apparently, right. and apparently has been. At least to some degree, involved in that. So mm, th- th- mm. that is something. And we have this great academy as well. And like you have said, especially what you were saying, Jimmy, like the fact that we are squandering those youth players, the fact that Bali Mumba has left for 50p a pound. And after he actually got a look into our first team, the f- and you know players like Greenwood, and there's there's so many examples of them players who were like you know 16, 17 years old who were just losing easily for peanuts rather See, than was m- actually...
2: starting for the team that are top of the championship, or at least have been yeah. in recent yeah. times, and that if that doesn't sort of paint a picture of the issues that we've had. Um, both financially and, I guess, in terms of the ability to to want it, to try and keep these players, then nothing will. So hopefully, someone like him, who, like you said, doesn't have a big profile, but these guys rarely do. But if you look, at, he seems a very intelligent guy. He's got a degree, he speaks well. He seems to know what he's talking about. Um, I think that's often the case with these types of people. I think often the the relationship. Uh, or how successful they are depends on the relationship they have with the club and with the manager that they've got so upwards and downwards because they're sort of a middleman, if you like so hopefully he has the, he can build a relationship with both um, whoever's in charge plus, plus whoever's in charge of the football team as well because he has to kind of be the bridge between both plus working with the youth players so, and if you can do it at Birmingham like you said they're not exactly the best run club in the world so potentially you may have a a chance to do it with us as well I think well, the longer thing the Sorry,
1: long. Richard Yeah, go ahead. I was no, there's the just about to say the longer there's nobody in charge at the top of the academy and top of recruitment and and, and certainly bringing the players through, it's a bit like a head teacher not being there at a school. Um, it's re- it's really damaging. It's really damaging to a generation of players mm. that mm-hmm. that could be coming through to not have that vision and not have that direction at the top and for the for that position to be unfilled. It's it's every day that goes by. It's damaging to us. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um.
3: I suppose there's two other points to make then. We're not employing him as an academy manager, of course. We're bringing him in as, on a much broader role. So it'll yeah. be interesting to see who he brings in to work with him as the, as the person who's going to head up the academy because that's an absolutely crucial role, especially if one of the things he's been most successful with is bringing through or p- providing a route to the first team for mm. young players. And uh, on top of that, I think... I don't know what I think. Oh, yes, players who've left. <laughs> young players who've left. It's interesting that you mention Mumba because he went for a few hundred thousand pounds and before that, Honeyman left for a similar sort of fee. And it's not like we haven't spent that kind of money on other players exactly, who are also yeah. young in some cases but just aren't as good. George Dobson would be... And I don't want to single the lad out. I'm, I'm not trying to pick on him. Um, but, like, he cost money... And we've let two players who've come through our youth system... OK, Honeyman's 26 now. He's made the most assists in the division this season. There's no-one telling me he wouldn't get into this team. As and arguably fans. played
2: in the same position as Dobson as well. Um, as
3: He could have played in a variety of midfield yeah. roles for us, I think. Yeah. Especially with the three at the back Parkinson's used. Mm-hmm. Well he yeah, have he can You would player could, who could carry a ball, he can move between the lines. He could have played in a position
0: Scowan is right now or even like a bit higher up, even you know, Easy. if if Mag- when Maguire's been out of form or Lyndon Gooch is injured now, he could have filled in wide there
3: comfortably. I would and I think speaking of this this guy coming in, uh, one of the positives is for, from what you're saying about his record with the kind of youth development. Who've been our play- best player since we've been relegated? Arguably, the players who were already here, and some of those were Academy products. Major is the obvious shining light. Gooch has been consistently, yeah, exactly. Honeyman, I think, got a really rough end of the stick. Humes looked really good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And obviously now people are wanting to see more of the likes of Embleton and and others, Diamond, Dan Neal. And maybe we do need to therefore be thinking, and this is something uh, one of our long-time listeners often talks to um, correspondence with on Twitter Tom Huntley had mentioned bringing in a manager who also plays a style of play that fits with the type of young players that we bring through and I do know what he means we bring through a lot of technical players we aren't just bringing through big physical guys that's the thing
2: most of the players who make yeah. it through our academy are if anything not used because they're too technical and not physical enough I mean you could say that about Honeyman Embleton yeah uh, Mumba. I mean, I think well, one of the main Definitely. arguments against him playing was that he wasn't wasn't big enough, if you like. And if that's the type of player we produce, and we need to have a system that allows them to play, as opposed to have a system yeah. that blocks their progression, and then we sell them to other clubs who then realise that potential. And obviously, it's early days, but it certainly appears that's happening with Mumba, if at least, and certainly has happened with other players in the past as well. And one thing as well with Speakman, <clears throat> he's working in academy
0: football. If we're having to sort of replenish our academy. He's going to have contacts, you would think. He's going to know people in the game and even help, you know, if you're working as sporting director, surely you're going to have a big influence over scouting. So surely he's going to, at least at youth level, know good youth scouts to bring in and it's going to... I think academy-wise, I'm quite confident that he'd be quite a good appointment and if if that's the biggest part of his remit, I think that possibly opens us up to managers like the Cowleys being quite a good fit because apparently that's something reportedly that they're not massively comfortable with. Um, so, you know, if he's if he's going to be focusing as much or if not a little bit more on the academy, then rather than recruiting sort of externally, sort of speak, that can only be a good thing. The sort of not concern, because obviously bringing in a sporting directors a long-term thing and you've got to think think of it as a project but these are the kind of things that you bring in pre-season so if Mm. obviously there's i don't think it's unfair to suggest that members of the board have wanted to bring in a sporting director for a while why was that not the case in the summer and you can actually plan it there and if you want to bring in a sporting director and phil parkinson wasn't happy with that And, yeah, people might say they don't have the money to sack him, but we've only sacked him a few months later anyway. (laughs) If you wanted to make that fundamental change at the club, why not do it then when it can actually have a better impact? Do it. Yeah, fair enough, the January transfer window is on the horizon, but the January transfer window is really chaotic, as we know. And I get we are in a chaotic time as well, so making changes at the club is fairly difficult. But a pre-season is the time to implement this kind of thing, isn't it? And doing it now... It does kind of fit in with, and I'm not saying I'm not glad that we're doing it now, but I think it's going to be, you know, there's not going to be much Speakman can do really in the short term. Whereas if you came in in the summer, you might be able to see a little bit more of a of a quicker impact.
2: Yeah, I think, oh, I think that's the case. Yeah. But I think also like, oh, sorry. Um, I think um, it, both the sacking of Parkinson and this point to outside influences that weren't there in the summer. I think, because they're both uh, quite clearly financial decisions that potentially neither of which we were able to make in the summer, but now are. And it may just be a coincidence. I don't know. you would absolutely correct in what you're saying. It would make more sense to make these changes then. So were we just not able to make either of these changes in the summer? And yet we are now because of something that we don't yet. Know about oh well we we obviously know a bit about happening but I'm assuming there's been outside influence or outside assurances outside ideas I think it points in that direction personally and I, I would imagine probably most people will see that as well Always. yeah we will yeah we will um, but the Richard, question is you're
3: going to say something there as well Sorry, I think Richard's on a slight delay because every time I go to talk and I think it happened to Jimmy as well. Yeah. Yeah. Richard sort of comes in about two seconds later and you're yeah. like, oh no, we're never going to hear from him. <laughs> actually Go join you from, uh, this better from be good.
1: just on the edge of outer space. so <laughs> 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 I'm on the International Space Station as we speak. Um, <laughs> I, in the break, I'll sort it out, don't worry. Um, no, the the point I was just about to make, when you when you say there might not be any short-term benefits from it, it's probably not about that anyway. It's going to be a long-term thing. And you hope it's going to be a long-term thing because Lee Congerton wasn't here long. And it didn't seem really a useful appointment in that case because he didn't really get time to change much much at the club. And you've th- you th- you got, you got to give somebody time in that role because you've got to change identity. You've got to change the culture at the club. And he'll have his own ideas on how to do that. And you've got to allow him the time to get on with that. And maybe we'll not see the results for a few years in a positive way. But, but I, th- I think he's got to be given all the time. And I, I don't think it really matters at what, what point in the season... That process starts.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. It it is it is a long term thing. I just think it just more points to why are we doing this now. Like, why um, yeah. was it?
3: Why was it not brought in earlier? Because, uh, I think you answered your own question, Rory. And I think Jimmy's right. I think the fact that we're selling kids for next to nothing. The that fact, doesn't the fact sound that good, man. A couple of months ago, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, in a footballing context <laughs> yeah clarifying made, yeah, made that clear it wasn't, it wasn't some kind of people trafficking operation going on there it was yeah, yeah. just Barley Mumba was that. just yeah. no, Barley no, Mumba no. was probably getting a very nice contract uh, somewhere else actually um, but yeah they're obviously selling the younger players for seemingly not what we think their value is sacking you know, you know making the kit man redundant all the furore that's created now that it's come out and that happened what two months ago I think people have suggested yeah. suddenly they're going the other way the manager's gone which will have cost money and they're going to appoint somebody else they're bringing in this, the, I saw a tweet you know that said all these vacancies that well whether they've existed as vacancies mm. or not they are roles that should exist and have been vacant for a while and there are lots of them and if we're starting off by bringing in a sporting director which certainly looks like is the case that would be the, the beginning of a recruitment process. It can't just be him, as you've alluded to. So there, therefore, you're thinking that's more money going to be spent on wages in key roles, which does indicate probably some kind of investment, some injection of cash coming in. Either, you know, but Im- you'd think imminently. Yeah, we would hope kind so. kind of calls now, but... Well,
0: g- let's, let's get on to take over stuff then, I guess. You've, you've yeah. brought us nicely on to it, Craig, um... You know, we're still no further on than we were on, on Monday. But, you know, stuff by the time you listen to this stuff could have broke. It does sound still more like investment than a full takeover. I don't think that's unfair to suggest. People might say I'm being negative there, but it do and you know, there's nothing there's a positive to that. It means the club's financially secure, which, well, you know, maybe some of you are sick. Some of you want us to go bust <laughs> and are listening, I don't know. But, no, it's a good thing that the club's going to be financially secure. But the way the percentages work out when, you know, we find out versus what's been reported, what actually the case is, and I'm not saying they're going to do a club statement outline and all that, but, you, you know, this stuff does tend to actually you know, more formally, you know, everyone looking on company's house and that kind of thing, trying to find out. And <laughs> um, we'll so We've Chris been we- there before, haven't we'll, we? Yeah, yeah, exactly, we'll get Chris <laughs> Weatherspoon to do that. But it does feel very much like investment, and that still raises some of those questions, doesn't it? Like, you know, <clears> Louis <throat> Dreyfus does seem quite switched on from, you know, there was that article in The Athletic about him, which... Towards that, he's been doing you know football related degrees, and he's been sort of groomed for this job for pretty much his entire life due to his family connections. And you know, hopefully, he's coming, hopefully, he's got that drive as well. And he's and he's got a vision to the club. Hopefully, we're going to see why Satori's being brought here. And you know, hopefully, that starts with bringing in the sporting director and stuff like that. But is anyone still a bit worried because? You know, the Methvin involvement, the Donald involvement, they're still there. Methvin's More, shown in the past you don't can, need to can, have a large not, stake to be a big uh, influence over the
3: club. And can you, can you not add Sartori into that? The man's been here for two years. What has he done during yeah. that time? We've just been talking about selling players on the cheap, sacking people, having no staffing. So if Sartori's suddenly going to become part of a new, increased shareholding with a, a partner uh, investor why wasn't he doing something in the past 2 years I, I don't understand why you would let the club get to that situation and then only now make it make it have some kind of positive involvement on top of that i think you know it's been indicated that Mesfin and Sartori are, are or have been quite close um, and yeah. certainly in the past when they've looked to make investments in other clubs like oxford i believe um, mesfin was someone who brought Sartori to the table so it's, that's not to say they're best buds now and if Sartori's decided he wants to step up and do more that, that means Charlie Methvin's going to be the main man but it also does suggest that if Sartori's going to step up and do more that there's no immediate indication that wouldn't involve working with someone who he has a connection with uh, I think on top of that I mean Rory we've joked about this before but we're bumped into Charlie before the game <laughs> in the playoffs at Portsmouth And that was when another takeover was rumbling on and uh, he basically said to us that, you know, they wanted him to be involved as part of that. So his shareholding wasn't going to change, but they... they I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was the Mark Campbell one. Yeah, going off the timeline, it must
0: have been Mark Campbell. Or, you know, potentially.
3: Certainly, Charlie thought at the time that he was going to be a part of that in terms of, I don't know, involvement in running the club in some kind of full-time basis, like at Sunderland. And again, that doesn't mean that's going to happen this time. I'm sure Louis Dreyfus has got his own ideas. As Rory, as you've said, he's he's doing his, he's interested in football and in running football clubs, but he's also not going to be coming to move to Sunderland. No, so that but that's, leave, that's neither, the so thing, isn't it? Isn't I think, yeah, I neither think, of
2: them are. I think as well, Like just to get back to something you said initially, Rory, like, are we being negative if we say... I, I don't think you can realistically say that um, given the track record and given what's happened before and given how certain things that were called overly negative in the past have then come to light to be true, um, you can forgive people for being sceptical of any type of release of information like this. I think the track record of these owners with this club with previous attempts to either take over or add investment Allow people to, to ask questions. I think, like Gareth said on Monday, like asking questions, there's nothing wrong with asking questions. Like, we, just because they've put another person's now apparently turning up with loads of money to save the club, doesn't mean we have to just believe that. We have to ask these questions and we have to look into the, the background of it because it's not, that's not being negative, that's just having like sort of a level of. I, I guess awareness of what's happened and, and, well, because, and not yeah, just taking things these at face people, value because these people you can't take everything no if you took absolutely. everything they said at face value, then the vast majority of things that they've said would happen, unfortunately, for whatever reason, and this isn't blaming anybody in particular, but they haven't happened. And that's not that's that's not like an opinion. That's that's like a fact. Like yeah. they factually have happen, yeah. happened. So like for us to then question new information is natural and and it's it's not negative it's just why are we supposed to all of a sudden believe this when we have been we've believed certainly me I mean I you know I I was far too much you know on the other side of being positive at one point and I was I, and it's really proved, proved was proved wrong in the end and I'm, I know I'm certainly not the only one who's felt like that and I think now it's a case of what do we do moving forwards? Yes, we want this investment, but we want it on our terms and the club's terms, yeah. not on the terms of the people who already have the power. Cause they unfortunately have proven that you can't trust everything that's said by these people. And that's just a fact because if you did, you'd find that a lot of things haven't happened. And also when you're moving, if you're looking at sort of share splits and similar, um, it's just interesting how these things change and, to question that is normal as well because you know our fans aren't just idiots who don't understand how business and and, and finance and all these things work. <laughs> you can't just say one thing's happening and then something, you know, you can't. It, it will be the equivalent of saying I'm going to pay you a hundred pound and then giving someone a tenner and then saying that's you know there's your hundred pound now go away. Like you know, yeah. it's we are able to look at things that happen and make our own minds up and to then be criticised. For being negative for doing that, especially given the track record for me, is is not fair. So I would hope that most people, when they do read this information, use them use their own powers of research and powers of knowledge yeah. to make up their own minds and especially, not just believe especially what we if, say or them.
0: Especially if Louis Dreyfus yeah. isn't going to be present at the club, especially if Juan Satori isn't going to be present at the club day to day. Obviously, Jim Rodwell's there, but we had... You know, I know we didn't have a um, chief executive originally when Donald and Metzven came in. We had Tony Davidson there as a sort of managing director, a, a very similar sort of role. I know a bit more like commercial involved perhaps, but still... Methven was still uh, a non-executive director. Was that his original title? Correct, us if I'm wrong, I'm, sh- I'm sure someone will tweet if I am. Those lines,
2: yeah. But he yeah. was
0: there. He was there frequently, especially the more time went on. We we know that he like, seemed to be
3: more present than, than Donald, for
0: absolutely, example. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, even, he, he, ne- he even that, that was S- born S- out S- in S-
1: Netflix, didn't you? Yeah, exactly right.
3: Yeah, like I mean, the deals that we're trying to do for players were being done from Bridal in. Not from the stadium life. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, and I think that just spoke to the general vibe, really, that there were, the, you know, Charlie was the man on site, Stuart was the man, you know, with the money or whatever. Uh, and I think, you know, you're right. It's natural to be skeptical because we've been, we have been here before. Exactly. Literal evidence the, of
2: it. <laughs> it's yeah, like literally skepticism's
3: like, not a bad thing yeah. either. Yeah. Skepticism. And what if and you if know, any- you know Craig, you
0: said that those close ties that Satori and Methvin have. I think there's a... I don't think it's, you know, yes, maybe it's jumping to conclusions, but I don't think it's been cynical to say it's a possibility Methvin might be Satori's man on the ground and so. Yeah. People say, "Oh well, this this kid who's coming in with that money, he's not going to let Methven like have that much control." A hundred percent hope everyone who says that's correct, and I hope <laughs> Donald and Methven being involved is just you know a necessary step that we have to take at the minute that they they have less involvement and and initially they're bought out entirely. But Satori could be selling Methven to Louis Dreyfus and saying, like you know. He can be a man on the ground. He can operate things day-to-day for you alongside Jim Rodwell. That's a question that does need answering. And it's something I hope that I'm just jumping to conclusions about and I'm putting two and two together and getting five. I'm not trying to be overly negative. People saying we're trying to like piss on people's chips with the takeover. We're not. But as we said on, you know, this is probably going to be the episode title. We've been here before. <laughs> we've been we've been lied to by the people. I mean, you say, you say, and it's not being negative. It's chips. just it's not. Like we don't wanting. even know what the
2: chips are. Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Might we just chip. don't want to be. We, we don't want to be, be lied
3: to again? Well, so here's an indication. Uh, James Hunter reported in the Chronicle that Jim Rodwell would be the point man and basically the man on the ground. Now, who employed him? Was it Louis Dreyfus? I don't think so. So, yeah. who, who employed him? It was either a combination of Charlie Methven and Stuart Donald or one or the other. So, that would indicate there is some residual influence. Otherwise, the first thing you would do is remove him from his post and bring your own person in. Like, yeah. that, that would just be the simplest That's thing. That's what and always happens when there's
2: takeovers. Like, yeah. the, out, the you know, the, exactly. the CEO leaves... And somebody else's appointment appointed that is usually. Martin Bale likes happens. this or dislikes. That could this. yet happen,
3: but that yet could happen. We don't <laughs> yeah. know because things. But that was the language used in that chronicle article. Now I know James had sort of said, "Oh well, it was sort of gleaned from the, the that he would be leading the recruitment of the next manager because <clears> <throat> that was what was indicated in the club statement." But the term "point man" wasn't that there was no indication in the club statement that Jim Rodwell would be. You know this kind of key mm. player. Um, yeah. Certainly, if they're bringing in a technical director, again, we don't actually know who responsible for finding this specific guy is. He Who's heading it up? To off. be honest, I don't. I don't mind if it's who it is, if he's good at his job. Yeah. Ultimately, that's all we bloody want, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Some exactly.
3: People who can actually do their job and have been employed in a kind of rigorous manner. Because last year when we got Parkinson. When you look at the names that turned us down at that point or you know didn't even want to talk to us, that didn't scream big club in League One, no, did it? It just didn't.
0: Well, that brings us on to the managerial candidates. But we'll have a quick break before we do that. So when we come back, we'll look at who is now in the running and who's out of the running, apparently, for the manager's job. And if we've got time, we'll have a bit of, look, of a look ahead to the game because this is a preview pod after all. We'll be back after this. I'm Stephen Elliott, and you listen to the Wise man Say podcast. Welcome back to the Wise Men Say podcast. Before we talk about managerial candidates, just to remind you, as ever, to go to from the terraces.co.uk and use the discount code WMS10 to get yourself 10% off, not just something for yourself, but something for Christmas as well, for the football loving casual. In your life, whatever age they are, we've got the kids' range there, <clears> stuff, <throat> stuff for kids, stuff for adults. So, as I was saying the other day, get something for your daughter or get something for your boyfriend, or get something for your uncle, or you know, your nephew, whoever. As long as they like their terrace wear, you can get something for them. Or, you know, not just men as well, you know, there are women who like their, their casual gear as well. So, you know, if you've got someone who likes to look hard but also really stylish, <laughs> from the terraces.co.uk, and that discount code is w m s 10 sorry chris Blythe. that's a really quick plug but we've got a lot to talk about this week <laughs> a <hell of> a <laughs> too much to that, talk about <laughs> sorry <Richard?
1: laughs> yeah it's a hell of a marketing message isn't it if you want to look hard well
0: i don't know we could <laughs> yeah. we could talk about what danny cowley might look like and from the terraces where i think I he'd think probably
2: it. to be fair okay. yeah you i agree could quite a well. figure that wraps Lee up Johnson the managerial. Now, m- 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 might need the kids' size, like, but I think uh, <laughs> Stanley <laughs> Stanley <laughs> Stanley. <laughs> he's quite slight, isn't he? Um, well, one
0: person who won't be, well, by the sounds of things anyway, won't be wearing any From the Terraces wear on Wearside anytime soon is Gus Poyet. We all got excited, didn't we, lads? We thought the Gus bus, the Gus bus rather, was rolling back into Weaside, but it was, you know, the engine was barely turned on. He didn't even get out of third gear. And then Keith Downey Sky Sports News report, reported he brought the news that Poyot wouldn't be returning. Um, quite interesting, isn't it, lads? And people saying what what changed, because it sounded... It it, it felt like Poyot had been sounded out already, but do we think it's... In fact they
3: didn't want to drop to league one so there were suggestions oh, that, about
0: not knowing that we were in league yeah, one
3: which that's what that's what changed he, he looked at the league table yeah
0: what they're not in the
2: premier league anymore what, happened, what happened well that's it isn't it it's like i mean you'd hope that i mean based on the information we were, we were then given us the reasons to why he didn't want it you'd hope he'd only just been asked because if he'd previously said yeah um we're still in league one gus you know, <laughs> you know um so, that's the
3: reason then the, yeah what
2: were yeah, you thinking either either then yeah, it's, in all seriousness either if that is the case he has just had a change of mind a change of heart a change of mind which obviously he's entitled to do people do that all the time um when they're looking at jobs and stuff and things change for him maybe personal circumstances have changed whatever or potentially um he's had discussions with with the club and it's transpired that what he envisioned or what he wanted or what he thought he could deal with isn't what's going to be on available for him which isn't necessarily the club's fault it could be Gus's fault as well it could be a combination of both that's probably more likely the case it'll be a combination of both um, I think it's obviously annoying for. the Point of view from myself personally, I know Rory, you did this as well, where we annoyingly tweeted our support for Gus just, just a very short time <laughs> Was yours, Jim? Jim, wasn't mine? Yours, mine, like, was, mine was like probably only lot really well minutes before Downey tweeted his as well, because like I'd been working, I thought, oh, oh I'm really excited now. I'd listened to an interview pod with him on, I thought, oh, yeah, oh, I'll tweet something, and then like I tweeted it, and then Downey's tweet just popped up, and it was just like, oh. I think yours are
0: right next to each other on like, my timeline, it was analysis. So funny. Like, I mean <laughs> Insight
3: Scuppered yeah. um, Got, got Bind stuff.
0: Can I be a bit cynical With the Poet thing And say Does anyone think There's just The chance that he used us To get his name out there again Managers do I, You know Have I done this in definitely the past imagine
2: that happening Personally yeah I mean yeah, like, Would you use a League One club though
0: I mean, it's got him coverage, though, if, yeah. you know, it his, has, his name's how, yeah. not been mentioned, he's, he's not been managing f- that recently.
1: Two, year, two, two years. Two years, exactly. out
3: of the game.
0: So, you being know, he might man, fancy a chap. he like might that. fancy...
1: Sorry, it's Richard. As if he's been managing bloody Real Madrid, has it? You know, to, for, for it to be suggested yeah. that he's, like, lowering himself to come come to Sunderland. You know, his career's hardly <laughs> been stellar since he left Sunderland in the first place. So <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, yeah, it and really, I think... he really but, does get to us.
2: Although it's only a League One club, he's sort of famously linked with us, quite well known. So he, he, he knew. I guess he, if you're being cynical, he would know it would get on sort of Sky Sports News, and it would be like the appointment that would get all the fans talking about it. So, if that is what he was doing, then I guess it makes sense. But at the same time, uh, I'd hope he wouldn't do that. But um, you know, it's a job at the end of the day, isn't it? So yeah, players and managers exactly. do all the time. So.
3: Here's he one in the favour of the club. Um, they might have had discussions with him and said, "Look, we want to bring in a sporting director." And obviously, we've talked about Karanka and uh, the the, the fellow they're looking to bring in, whose name I cannot for some reason retain. But uh, what if you know we've had Poyet and Conger and it didn't work? Was, that didn't yeah. work out. Maybe Poyet was adamant about what he wanted, and the club have said, "Actually, we've got a vision here, and it's absolutely like, yeah." Good and it's easier for, for maybe Poyet to save face and be like i just didn't want to drop down to league 1 and it you know then it doesn't look as you know problematic for other jobs because maybe he would have been more willing to have that kind of setup if it was a club in a higher division because mm-hmm. you're more willing to make compromises he's probably thinking you should be grateful to be even talking to me when you're in league 1 maybe that is his mindset and he didn't want to compromise. I mean, these are, this is all speculation. It is.
0: It? And you know, that's kind of
2: the opposite of what we need, don't we? We need someone... Definitely. To... If that's the reason, it's a good thing that happened because you wouldn't nah, want him taking saying, the job. Yeah, one, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Plus yeah. for the club. I mean, whoever's doing the negotiations, if that was the case and it is an if because it could yeah, be yeah, any absolutely. one of a thousand scenarios, fair play to them for sticking to their guns. Um, on the other hand, if he's played us, then, you know, well, good luck to you, mate, but you haven't had a job for two years. Yeah. So well, what's wrong? It's not Sunderland. That's something to that do with you. Not, not I I mean,
2: There's a lot yeah. wrong with us, but it's not that. <laughs> <I think> that's <laughs> no, one no, thing we can't it. be blamed for. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, the two managers
0: who are the, the two favourites since Poyet dropped down now are two young up-and-coming candidates who are going to be very hungry. Um, Danny Cowley is now the firm favourite with Lee Johnson now second favourite. I guess your main sort of worry with both is can they adapt to you know the weight of expectation, the pressure? Because regardless of what division we're in, if whether it's Cowley or, or Johnson, just for those two examples, this is the biggest club and the biggest challenge they'll have faced. I know Cowley was had the Huddersfield job most recently and he kept them up and he did well and you know there was other circumstances there, but Sunderland are a bigger club and with our off the field stuff and being in league one it is more of a challenge but we'll touch on Danny Cowley first because with him being the favourite Um the, the raw positive I've been reading about him quite a bit today and I think Stephen said this in our group chat he he was reading up on him and he like got really sold on him and I've I think I've like convinced myself the same so we can guarantee that we're going to come off the pod and Keith Downey's going to have tweeted that Danny Cowley <laughs> has turned down the job Um But positives with him is he's, you know, he's got... Not a winning formula, exactly, but he he has proven that he can get teams up from a similar level. He got Lincoln promoted from League Two after bringing them out of the conference. And he is quite tactically flexible as well, which we are crying out for a bit of after Parkinson. I think that's quite good. And the fact that I've seen quite a lot of people saying about Cowley, like or he plays really direct and it's not the prettiest. And apparently with Lincoln, yes, that's what he was like initially. But when he got them up to League Two, he did change things up a bit. He did try and bring in more technical players, because he obviously been in League One, it's a bit easier to do that when you're in League Two or in the conference. And he adapted that and he got them like playing on the counter a little bit more and a bit like keeping the ball on the ground a little bit. So that flexibility and, you know, his back four as well, <laughs> back four now and again wouldn't be necessarily a bad thing and I think one thing with him as well in terms of player recruitment if he is going to have you know we don't know obviously how much of a say he's going to have in that one thing we've struggled to do since coming down to league one is unearth and sort of rough gems from those leagues lower down Luke 09's maybe the only player we've done that we obviously tried to do with George Dobson hasn't really worked out we tried to do that with Charlie Wyke hasn't really worked out with Cowley coming through the divisions, he has, and probably as well having the budgets that he had to work on with Lincoln, I, I, I can't ex- speak to that budget-wise example. I might have had a decent League One budget, but still, he's got contacts up and down these lower levels as well, and you'd be confident that he would maybe be able to find those kind of players. And if you couple that with your academy setup, maybe a bit stronger, with you know Christian Speakman coming in as the academy director. You know, people might have thought I was jumping to too many conclusions and being negative earlier. Maybe now I'm jumping to too many and being too positive. But those are some—I think those are some positives on on Danny Cowley and some stuff that I, I didn't previously know about and I'd maybe characterise him a bit unfairly. But I don't know. I think I think that stuff sounds sounds quite positive about Cowley.
3: I think Richard, you, you, you were quite positive about him, weren't you? You'd been reading a book or something with, a mate, with
1: yeah, I've been, him, mate. Yeah, I've been reading Michael Calvin's book, State of Play, and it's taken us about two years to read. Not because I'm a slow reader, it's just because I've had other things. <laughs> <laughs> the. the, the, the <laughs> the chapter great the insight calories. into richard's mind here <laughs> I'm really biased. great love that I'm still reading i'm still reading the shoot annual from 2017 I might
0: get
2: the end something <laughs> like, oh, uh, it gets really bad for us it's the opposite of when 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 Graham used to say you got abuse uh, for being the only footballer who read a newspaper you like doing, doing the the reverse and being the only, <laughs> yeah, you're not, you're the, only the only journalist who doesn't read books <laughs>
1: just, the least read qualified journalist yeah no, um I'm no, surprised how many people <laughs> in the in that industry don't read, but um or can't read. Really? Um, <laughs> yeah. Well. Wow. But my Calvin's book, it it's it's um there's a it's kind of half a chapter on the Cowleys, um, when they were at Lincoln. Um I think it's from I think it's from twenty twenty eighteen. And they um they they put in seventeen hour days, they're really hard working on the training ground, but but the thing about Danny Cowley is that he's, he's Really committed to the to the science of football, um, and it, the, he's he's got this this handbook developed by the the University of Lincoln, and it and, and they the talk about something called Quality Street, which is the the two channels down either side of the pitch. It's like a forty yard channel, and. Oh, that's excellent, is it? Of, I love that. The amount of crosses that you need <laughs> to put in to get a goal. Do you know how many crosses you need to put in to yield a goal? Who's taking the crosses? Street? If it's Denver Hume, well, for potentially more than. Uh, is, it, <laughs> is the point, answer yeah. thousands? <laughs> 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 they calculate twenty-six crosses will lead to one goal. Yeah, it doesn't happen at Sunderland. It's <sighs> twenty-six thousand. Yeah, it's
3: how like David Moyes at Man United, that isn't
0: it? <laughs> yeah, I know.
3: Can you remember when he? Used to, we, that we, if, so they're into crosses, which uh, Parkinson was. He lo- we did loads of crosses under him. So is that what we need? Another crossy manager?
1: <laughs> well, there's <laughs> That's not, the thing. We're going isn't there? When, when, when we talk direct, when we talk direct, it could it could mean many things. Um, and the one thing that Parkinson wasn't doing during games was managing them at, at all. So no, maybe, he wasn't. Maybe Absolutely. the leagues will be a little bit more proactive, or just a, one iota more
2: proactive. And maybe <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I was getting at with that
0: flexibility. Mark. That flexibility yeah. that they've well, shown. Yeah. They can, I
2: mean, I've, oh, sorry. No, no, <laughs> go, ahead, drunken, go yeah, ahead. I was, I was just going to say, um, I sort of while we've been in, in sort of League One, I've kept across um, sort of League One like analysis. Uh, sorry, EFL analysis is not just Sunderland like listen to other podcasts and reading stuff and whatever and the Cowleys are pretty much constantly across the board come across like positively um, in terms of how they were talked about when they were Lincoln manager, Lincoln manager or managers in the same or yes. Huddersfield and I think that the sort of neutral opinion of them is pretty high among people who sort of know their EFL football I think that there have been accusations of them being direct and I must say at this point they're by no means my first choice um, I... However, do think that they wouldn't be the worst choice in the world. I think they have a lot of positives. They're young, like Rick said. They're obviously interested in the sort of science of the game, and they're not just going to turn up and turn the team out and play four four two every week or whatever you want to call it, and not making game changes. and I think maybe as opposed to direct, you could say pragmatic. And I think people often interchangeably used, direct and pragmatic is like a, like a way to describe managers. Whereas for me, I think pragmatic isn't... If you're pragmatic, you don't just do the same thing over and over again. You, you do the best with what you've got available. So if you're going to be pragmatic with our team, I wouldn't necessarily suggest that that is playing long ball football because I think that White and Graham aside, our team isn't really set up for that type of game. So I think that if, they're going to, if they are pragmatic as they appear to be, then we have the tools within our squad manage correctly to be able to produce an identity, a, a definitive style of football that can work um, so obviously there are caveats insofar as we, they're not very well proven above League 1 level bar keeping Huddersfield from, um, in, in the Championship and I think that obviously it would be by far the biggest job that they've had um, but at it's the same time... It's also
3: different t- to the Huddersfield situation in that keep as we've we found out ourselves trying to keep a team up which we spent many years. That was the expectation just stay in the Premier League. is totally very different, different to chasing promotion. Now you could argue it's a string to their bow that they've done both. They've they've done the promotion thing with mm-hmm. Lincoln. Yeah. They've done the saving thing with Huddersfield. I suppose my my concern would be that like you say that they've never really managed in League One. And I would I once I would ask and sort of get what people's opinions are. Lincoln are absolutely flying this season. I think they did okay last season. They weren't like Amazing, but it's consolidated in League One and now they're, they're doing brilliantly. Does that, that actually suggest to me, but I'm interested in what other people think, that they leave a positive legacy? That's, someone yeah. stepped in and just taken it on? Yeah, yeah. i Have not had that? No, ever. we haven't. When have we ever had that? Well, yeah, we need fair.
0: someone to come in and, you know, along with the sporting director, lay those foundations. And I think they would have a bit of trust in the young players. Given They brought players... Up from lower levels, so given that we've got players like Jack Diamond, for example, who went on loan to the Conference last yeah. season, I think they'll look at that. And again, I'm I'm just speculating here, but I think there's reason to believe that they'll look at those young players who went to the to League Two, to the Conference, whatever and played quite well there and give them that trust if they've got the mm. ability about
3: them obviously but the fact that they've well, that's proved that's the question so, isn't it yeah, yeah have absolutely they got the ability? we don't know do but, we, we but haven't seen enough of them they've, so. they've
0: got a track record of doing that with players so i think you know some of those young players do just need a bit of trust put in them as well and given mm. a, a bit of a chance obviously i'm not saying chuck them in completely but parkinson you know did it seemed like anyway he, with, you know, not being flexible, not making in game substitutions. He was going too far the other way, whereas with the Cowleys, I think the likes of Diamond, the likes of Elliot Embleton, the likes of Dan Neal, whoever, will get integrated a little bit more and will become part of things and just going off their previous track record if they are indeed good enough. And just what we so, spoke about, I think I think there's a there is quite a the more you read about them, the more I'm sold on them. I I went from thinking they'd be quite just a bog-standard League (laughs) One appointment like Phil Parkinson was to Mm. actually, it's maybe more of a Jack Ross... Yeah, I mean, age-wise,
2: what, is Danny Kelly's 42, I think? So he's the perfect age for a progressive progressive manager. He wants to make a name for himself. If if he backs himself to... You know, if he backs himself to want the job and he he can present the plan for how he's going to do it, then I think that in itself is a good sign because we've done the safe, older, more experienced quote-unquote option with Parkinson, and it and obviously it didn't work that well. Um, you could argue Jack Ross was a similar, like you said, Rory appointment to to Cowley, but I think the difference is um, in terms of experience. Cowley has a lot more, um, especially oh, yes, in the establishment. situation. Football. I think that would be key. Yeah, absolutely.
0: His win percentage as well is worth talking about. Um, Cowley's is 51.4%. Obviously, he's managed two clubs in non-league, so you've got to take that with a bit Mm. of a pinch of salt. But... His Lincoln win percentage alone was 53.3. So, obviously, a big chunk of that has came in League 2 and has came Mm. in League 1 as as well as the conference. Um, And even at Huddersfield, when they were struggling, 32.5% isn't too bad for a team that Mm. you were looking to steer away from relegated. It's not terrible given the
2: circumstances so, there. So why
3: did he le- why did he leave Huddersfield though? That that's an important question I think Jimmy you you were saying something about that in the, Yeah, the so
2: um the official line is that the he was sacked um by the very very surprisingly at the time as in it wasn't even on the radar for a lot of people that that mm-hmm. would happen because obviously they would achieved the objective that um had oh, been but I've listened to him speak about it since and um it was very much a different Sort of difference of vision, if you like. I think basically Huddersfield wanted to make some changes, which they have since made in terms of the structure of the club. And they brought in a guy who used to be Bielsa's assistant at Leeds as manager, or one of his assistants anyway. And I think they wanted to go down that sort of route with, you know, the type of recruitment they were doing and, and what have you. And so I think similar, kept... similar
0: to David Wagner, isn't
2: it? Yeah. So I think that, like right. Cowley was just sort of, um, probably having heard that, probably wasn't too unhappy about being let go. But at the same time, um, obviously. There, were, there was a reason why, and I'm I'm just wondering, um, like sort of Craig and Rory you've alluded to with when we were talking about the sporting director or potential, I, I don't know if it was that that, that, that Cowley wasn't happy about or whether that was, it, it's not the sporting director itself, it's it's how they want to use that and, and the vision they actually right. have. So it could be a bit of either, but I must say on the same interview I did listen to, where he was talking about that, he was talking about just football and, and it, it, obviously it was after he'd been sat there and the way he spoke was very good I think he comes across very well um, and one last final point on him I think I would say is he obviously they took over Lincoln when they were in the conference and they managed to get them up two divisions at the time Lincoln were obviously one of the biggest if not the biggest team in the conference obviously not comparable to Sunderland in that regard but I'd say the expectation and need to win games consistently that they ha- that Lincoln had in the conference was probably something similar to what we have in this as in, like you can't mm. afford to draw too many. You can't afford to be too negative. You have to sit up to try and win, and, and they got them up, and then got them up again. So if they can instill that mentality, obviously at a higher level where it's much tougher. But you know, I think that that is a positive as well. The fact they have worked in, I guess, not not the same type of pressure, same level of pressure. Sorry, but but the same sort of area of, of being the big fish in the small pond and having to try and struggle to get out of it. Which I assume Lincoln were when they were in the conference. Yeah, there was that.
0: There's that story about them going, watching some kids play football on a park in Lincoln, and they observed that none of the kids are wearing Lincoln shirts, and they were like, "It's our job to change this." So they clearly bought into like a community mm. custodian aspect mm. as well, and and that's the kind of thing um, we need here. Uh, before we move on to the Johnsons, anyone have anything else they want to add on the Cowleys before we before we transition on? I'm being met with yeah. silence, so we're going to j- move on. No, In no, fact... J-
1: oh. yeah. I'm, 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 quite, we, I'm quietly... I'm, I'm trying not to get to... You know, the more I read, the more I like, and I'm trying not to go down the road of, of what you guys did with Gus. Um, <laughs> yeah, put the, yeah. Put money on gallies. it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to put
3: money on it. Getting sucked into that? Oh, yeah, crap. God.
0: Yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> right, so Lee Johnson then, his second favourite. Um... Seems to steer clubs away from trouble, going off his past record. Especially, obviously, he was at um, Bristol City for four years, and he took them from relegation strugglers to being on the brink of the playoffs. And I think, I think he got them to finish seventh, which was their best um, league finish in a, in about ten years. So clearly, got something about him in terms of turning around the fortunes of a club, um, and you know, definitely progressing them. And again, from what I've been reading, seems quite tactically flexible, prefers four at the back. But with, whilst he'll have that hunger that I'm sure the Cowley brothers will, the Cowleys have that record of promotion and I know it's a different level but that's still a mentality and knowing what you do need to do that whereas with Johnson... Not like as a dig digger, the manager, and I'm not saying it's a reason not to give him the job, especially if he's got a good vision for the club, but with him, it's been more steering away from relegation and as he sort of just solidified teams in mid-table. I think Barnsley went up after he left, to so arguably laid mm. the foundations for a promotion there. But whilst he's got that tax- tactical flexibility, he did go on... Winless runs quite often with Bristol City. He apparently, got like he, he was known for being quite streaky while he was there because they'd go on big winning runs and then go on yeah, big losing runs. Johnson, they used to call him. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yes, I knew there's there something like that. Streaky Original. Johnson. <laughs> yeah. um, so, what does anyone have any thoughts on on Johnson? Would anyone rather see um, him than the cow? He's given their the two free runners. Yeah,
2: I, I must say he's been one of those managers, and I know this is totally baseless, just football fan chat, but. I've, I just, you know, when you just like, don't really know why you don't like a manager, but you don't like them. Like, <laughs> yeah. and that's Absolutely. always been my like feeling towards Johnson. Um, and I've, well, I've got, got bad news. He's just
3: been appointed.
2: Yeah, <laughs> oh, brilliant. Yeah, um, but I've got nothing against the guy, which I don't. I don't know him. We'll never know him. Um, but I think just the way he comes across, I don't know. I don't know if it is one of them things where be like, oh yeah, but you know, he's not likable. But you'd like him if he was your manager, or whether he is just like. Not very, not a very likable guy. Because I've looked at Bristol, like Bristol City fans, I don't think were ever massively, like, in love with him. I think he did okay. and Like you said, he was obviously quite streaky. I think he did make some good signings, but I think they have quite a robust off the pitch structure at Bristol City anyway. So I'm not sure right. whether it was completely down to him. Um, although I must say, clearly he was there for four years, and for the majority of that time, they won more games than than they lost. Um, and they did nearly get get promoted but I I basically agree with you Rory that I think that he hasn't for me got the promotion sort of he hasn't got the record that I'm looking for like I think although you might say oh well he's managing the championship Um, you know it's a step down I think obviously it is right now but I think as soon as we went into the, the championship we would then be a much bigger proposition than Bristol this is going to sound really arrogant I'm sorry for saying it but than, than Bristol City ever were so I don't know whether he'll be able to handle the expectation that comes with the job um, and I think that as a, as, a, as a person I don't know how well he comes across and I, I think that you may say that doesn't matter, but I don't know what he's like when the pressure's on. I'm not sure that. Well, we he need would a personality, yeah, and, we need and, that,
0: a, and we need a lift right now, yeah, don't we? So I, I think I, I think that is yeah. very valid. To
3: be fair, I
2: don't want I'm, to write him I, off. I mean, <laughs> I I'll just say, say that, say that. I'd,
3: I, I'd rather have Gary, his dad, <laughs> <laughs> ticks a lot of boxes. Yeah, well <laughs> there's the first box of ticks. It's
1: Gary, <laughs> it's namesake name he, of the great G Foster Journal. You see his um. name kind of bandied around, and it's like a band. Garys or Lee Johnson? No, oh, no, I was, was going to say. Wait, wait.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's like a band Sorry. Of
1: idols or something. You see them, you see them, and you think, oh, I should really check them out. And once you do check them out, you you kind of underwhelmed. I think that's. Idols that's <laughs> are all right. That's all right. Interesting. Well,
2: Johnson. maybe
3: that's a, maybe that's a good point though. Yeah, he's just all right, isn't he? Also, Lee, Johnson, got funny it, voice. Lee Johnson's pretty go. angry
2: oh, as well, like Idols are as well. So I think that's another. Is yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he Perfect got a funny voice? Or not?
3: I'm I'm uh, confusing him with someone else. He he's got quite a like movie, a
2: high pitched um, yeah, sort of accent, voice, which kind of got yeah. I don't want to be I Shouldn't make fun of him.
3: Yeah, that could be our new manager. Yeah, let's be careful. So um, I, I, sorry, Richard. I cut you off in your prime there with Gary talk. But no, it's what were you I know it was Rory. Well, <laughs> well both of us. We, we, no,
0: I was just enjoying your idols analogy. But you, you, yeah. you, you know, I, th- I think you're correct, Richard, is what you're saying about he just sounds kind of all right, doesn't he? He's not so I'll, yeah. all right. Well,
3: I'll, I'll play. I'll, I'll, I'll be the one who backs Johnson because I, I know nothing about these people. Uh, but the, what you would say for him is he has managed at a higher level. I know Cowley has managed Huddersfield at a higher level, but it was a very brief period um, and it was a totally different remit. It was purely to keep them up. And I know you're right in what you're saying, I guess, Rory, that that has been Johnson's remit. But what he has done beyond that is then make Bristol City into genuine contenders, if not for promotion, certainly for playoffs.
0: Has, yeah, they've had... Oh, yeah. I think they've wobbled quite recently, but a lot of people before the start of the season were tipping them to be like outsiders for promotion. They had a really strong exactly. start of the season. I think they're still floating around. I
3: think they're still about 7th st- or something? Yeah, yeah I, think, play, I,
0: think, aren't I, think, I think they're in, in, in and around, we'll say, as the, they say. the playoff so places. The, so has he laid the foundations for that,
3: potentially?
1: They've well, also had quite or, a lot of money as well. Right. Well, that's OK. So that's players. a
3: difference. Okay, I didn't know that. Because I would have said, the one thing I would have added would have been, while we're not in a relegation battle by any means, we are in a position where, rather than going from a relegation battle to higher, we're in, outside of the playoffs, needing to go higher. And could he be the kind of guy who seems to galvanise teams and he's done it with personalities consummate with a higher level of football? Yeah, that's true. with, one, you know one, the Cowleys uh, are, are they going to be used to the type of players and egos and experienced players we've got here I don't know sorry sorry, Jim Go
2: ahead. I was going to say like one last thing as well in terms of um, as a manager I know that um, Bristol City were a pretty exciting team that sort of seemed to score and concede yes, quite true. a lot of goals which obviously 3-3 well yeah that mean yeah, quite us. a lot I mean you know, mm. I think he can definitely set up a team to attack. I'm not sure which fans want, don't? Yeah, they? well, fans exactly. And rightly or wrongly, it's if, what they want. If one thing would endear him to to our fans and maybe make him a success here, would be that is that he does play attacking football. Um, more so probably than, than many of the managers we've had recently. Um, I think that that <clears> would be a definite plus point. Plus point in the column that you know they even they famously took Man United to two legs in the oh sorry it was the. Yeah, EFL Cup. Oh, we had two legs anyway. It wasn't two legs. Yeah, it was a semi-final. But they beat Man United. They, yeah. they beat Man United. Yeah,
0: they.
2: You know, they were one of them teams where they could score against anyone on the day. They played fast attacking football. I think that that's a plus point. Um, and certainly, you know, coming off the back end of of pretty drab football for the majority of the time under Parkinson, I think that would itself be quite a nice change of pace. How effective that is in terms of winning the league is a different question. Um, or yeah. even getting promoted, because I know you say, obviously, we just need to go up, but I think that um, any manager coming in now needs to be seriously thinking that you know he wants to take us, because we're not that far away from either winning the league or going up, so I think it has to be quite a, no, quite a bullish mentality from the start. I don't mm-hmm. want a manager coming in and be like, oh, I just want to get up, that's all that matters. You want a bit of positivity, and I feel like Johnson may be able to bring that, because um, yeah. I think he is quite... Um, you know, he's quite.
3: It does seem like someone who can rally people. Yeah, he, he's right? pretty, pretty self behind him. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, I,
2: think, I think that comes from the style of football. Yeah. But yeah. it just I depends think, whether he's got the experience of actually doing it rather than just saying well, he's going to yeah. do it. It, it,
3: it, it. Look, I think a lot of people, rightly or wrongly, because, you know, the fact of the matter is Poyet was never actually, you know, like we all thought he was close, but he, you know, he wasn't the manager he didn't become the manager or anything but whoever you know for whatever reason fans became you know certain he was going to be the man and we did the betting was suspended on him not because he was going to be the manager but because lots of people thought he was and were putting money on it <laughs> so for that to happen though people feel that it's going to happen it's momentum Yeah. 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 <laughs> so large numbers of Sun supporters thought that was going to happen and whether you want I personally was quite indifferent but as it got closer and the more you thought it was going to happen, you know, there's something romantic about him coming mm-hmm. back, all that stuff. But he also has managed at a higher level across the continent as well. You know, he's Bordeaux, top flight in France, better big club in Spain. Yeah, for short periods of time, but they're big clubs. He's a big profile guy because of his uh, being a player at a very high level and all that kind of stuff. And whether he would have been the right appointment from all the sort of metric perspectives and working with the director of football and all those things, whether take all that out, when people have suddenly got that idea in the head and you go from the name Gus Poyet and all those things that I've just said that that entails, and you go to Cowley and uh, Johnson, fans are going to be slightly underwhelmed. Yeah. Now I think you we've all made a fair case that these both could be actually better appointments than Poyet. But I do think the first thing they've got to do, which speaks to what you were saying about Johnson and him being able to maybe be a bit more bullish because they're going to have to win people over, I think, whichever yeah, 100%. one it is. I, I really
2: absolutely. do. Yeah. I think that, I, I don't want to go back on, because we talked about Paul Cook quite a bit on, on Sunday, but I will just say that I think that would be another thing that he would also be able to do um, is is get that people behind him and get that kind of bullish mentality. So I think out, out of um, the, the, the managers we've discussed, you're absolutely right. I think that, the mentality has to be there and it has to be visible and it has to be from the get go. Because I think the amount of negative slash indifferent opinions you see on social media by people saying they're not that bothered about Sunderland anymore, they don't really bother watching the games and all this, like that will change in a heartbeat if Of course if, it would. If if, if there's a reason
0: for it, in in too. Yeah. 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 We just want it's... something that, you know, it's... sorry, to a... go ahead.
1: No, uh, just just about to say that 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 piece on on the on the wise men say website today by by Joe um just
2: saying that yeah that, that, ahead, didn't that, yeah,
1: that it, it really did you know I, i've i've been thinking for a while that with with the absence of fans from the ground and with our exile from you know the top two divisions certainly the top one division i think we're really creating a, a generation of of fans that would just stay away from the club you know there's a whole load of kids that won't be wearing Sunderland shirts. That won't be, yeah. you know, looking forward to going to the match every Saturday. We'll probably Absolutely. look out for, you know, Man City and Liverpool on telly rather than rather than watch us. You know, they'll rather watch Champions League on a Wednesday night than than watch us. And that that's that's concerning, you know, because we it should be massively. We should be the most important team in the in the region. We should in in the region in certainly in in Sunderland and County Durham. We should be the 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 team that people support. Not Liverpool. Not not Man City. Not Man United. Um, Absolutely, and, and this is what happens to start as well. With when it, you have, obviously needs, needs to start with a manager so that can, continue. that has the charisma to to really get the fans behind him. It's funny, isn't it? Because you're right, charisma is
3: important, and in really a way, is. more so now than ever because we can't go to the ground. You're going to lose people anyway because people can just pick and choose. There's Premier League football, wall to wall, Champions League, all that. So people have already got the choice or you can, so you might already have your Sky subscription and you, you're then having to pay a tenner a game to watch what was absolutely diabolical football in a low level and you're just, you just, it is, it it, it's, it needs a personality who can not only get the job done but can also get fans on board with it. 100% uh, massively. Yeah. And I, I think attacking football will be important. I think we do need a manager. I don't I want to be so. one of those people but I think you, the, we do need to see someone who's not afraid, and that's why Johnson. That's
0: why Johnson and Cowley look quite appealing. They've used mm-hmm. what, yeah. as, especially in the case of Cowley, they've came in, they did this at Lincoln, they came into jobs and looked at what was there and utilised mm-hmm. that. And we have good mm-hmm. attacking players,
2: especially, and, especially at this level. We shouldn't be right afraid. House, like junior. we shouldn't be thinking, oh well, if we go to attacking, we might we might be losing. Like you know, we have the most expensive squad in the division we have the highest wage bill we have players that will get into virtually any other side in this league not all at the same time obviously but individually they will and we need to play on that fact we need to use that fact and we need to have because under Parkinson the level of confidence on the pitch and among the fan base just got you know it was it was, it was so low yeah it, it was you can exactly. see it I mean that Burton game was another example um, after they scored you know before we equalised the vast majority of that time we looked absolutely dead on our feet in turn there was no invention yeah. there was no idea there was no motivation it was getting to the point where you're thinking this is a border, bordering on like lack of professional pride in some, what some of these players are doing here 100%. that bad because yeah, there's no I mean, motivation
0: there we need, we need someone to breathe new life in the club and through attacking football through just bulldozer out of this division at this point because we're <laughs> playing, we need a day
3: one. we you know it's crazy. We're,
0: we're playing. We're playing catch up already, and we need to Again. go up. And going up automatically will give people that confidence back, and you know, that has to be not just promotion from this manager, but promotion with a bit of swagger about yeah, it Exactly. Yes. We're a mess Drolls, off the field. Bits. We're a mess off the field, and even with this investment there could still be a bit of uncertainty so we need something on the pitch to hang our hats on I'm mindful of the time I'm mindful of the time because we've been gone for quite a while lads we've been gone Um, ages and we haven't even talked about the game that's coming up on Saturday this is a preview pod so very quickly Wigan Athletic (laughs) um, bottom eight uh, bottom bottom with eight points sorry well they aren't the bottom eight technically bottom of the league with eight (laughs) points won twice all season lost four out of the last five Uh, John Sheridan was appointed in September but he's gone to Swindon Uh, Liam Richard Richardson in care take a charge I mean I don't just care that we've got just a man in charge at the minute with the squad that we've got even in the poor form that we are a defeat here it doesn't half make the job <laughs> for the new manager when <laughs> you know to be fair the, the new manager might be in charge of this game they But might be know, in charge but yeah. it's, it's, it's likely that uh, Best, we'll probably made an appointment, and they're going to take charge on on the Monday. So it just, it's going to make their job even harder if we lose to Wigan, who are in absolute disarray. Um, yeah, <laughs> it it anything less than three points, no matter no, no, what is There's no is going on. There
2: is no excuse. I mean, they are worse than Burton. I mean, I know Burton actually on the day play. You know, they were. I mean, they weren't great, but they were they were bad. But Wigan's record is 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 really 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 bad, and they. Have less than half of a, a a senior squad. I think a lot of their their players are, are youth. similar, I guess to Bolton last year, and um, if not potentially slightly more serious than when the time we played them. I, I just think that like these play yet yeah, fair enough. There might not be a manager in place, but at the end of the day, yeah, yeah, you're, you're getting paid to play football for Sunderland, and you so you know you what surely you want to do as best as you can in every game that you play, especially when you're you know a new manager's going to be watching it and. I just think that there has to be a massive improvement um, in terms of mentality from absolutely the get-go from every single player on the pitch because no, there's not one player can look back at the, the way they played on Tuesday and have been happy with it. And that needs to change. <clears throat> and it needs um, to change on very, Saturday.
0: Very quickly, I want to go around everyone and ask one question, given Charlie Wyke is possibly going to be ruled out. Danny Graham's been terrible. Will Grigg, good contribution off the bench. Two headers hit the post. One went narrowly wide. Very unlucky not to assist Danny Graham as well. Um, gonna go just yes or no. Would you start him on Saturday, despite obviously the terrible miss recently against MG Dodd's Jim? Will Grigg yes. start on Saturday? Craig? Yes.
3: Yeah.
0: Richards, full house on the on the horizon here? Yes. Yay. Let's get Will Grigg in, and we will absolutely low his former club <laughs> as well come on right. like he's, he's going to be more and come on. more motivated than
3: ever to turn them over Will Gregg's on fire <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, well, one, one thing to mention Right, we've drawn two games against, we've drawn against two of the bottom four this season one of them Burton they've conceded nearly two goals a game we managed one against them the other one was Bristol Rovers who averaged less than a goal a game and we managed to concede against them <laughs> fantastic so, we need a clean sheet and two goals this weekend. So I'm minimum, same. minimum. Two also, no. also, does anyone else nil. think
0: Remy Matthews is absolutely delighted? There's been so much news going around the club. Yes, everyone's, yeah. everyone's kind of forgot, <laughs> forgot about, about, how about fucking. Horrible oh, that, yeah, God! Not oh. even Probably a him save that spun it it for, for the goal Like he must be Over the moon That that news Has been buried
2: Mustn't he I mean I don't really know What he ever did To be dropped But I know. I mean, it, it wasn't as bad As what Matthews did On Tuesday so, Absolutely yeah. What were you saying there <laughs> Richard sorry
1: I think Matthews Will have been kind of generating all the chat himself, he'll be on the message boards <laughs> he will be on Twitter. There's about fifty <laughs> different
2: How hammering up fifty hammering, different
1: hammering accounts. to go to <laughs> Yeah. But Turns out all these people don't exist.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He doesn't call me a line and sinker for it. He totally fanned the flavours of the Poirot Room. Right, we should probably get out of here. But before we do, I'm going to ask for a score prediction for Saturday. And I'm going to ask for a prediction for not necessarily who, who you want, but who you think the next manager will be. So, Jimmy, give us a score
2: prediction and give me who you think the manager will be. 3-0. And I'm going to go with who I want anyway, so I'm going to say Paul Cook. Interesting. Craig? 2 uh, 2-0. And Owen Coyle. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: yes, there it is. <laughs> I'd love it to be Owen Coyle. Hey, I wouldn't really. Is, I, I'm gonna I, I think it'll be Cowley. His odds are shortening Owen Coyle's, to be fair. You are know, they? You never know. Coming you
0: never in? know. Um <laughs> obviously on behalf of Matthew King, we have to say we hope Jorel gets the job. He'll be furious if we don't say that. Uh, Richard, score <laughs> prediction and manager prediction, please.
1: I'll take two one and I'd like to see Danny Cowley. I think I'm sold on it now.
0: Um, I think I'm gonna agree with you on both points there as well. Two one win for the by the way, I'm assuming everyone was saying like wins for Sunderland here. No one specified Oh yeah. No no We're <laughs> going yeah. we're
3: gonna we're going have only scored ten goals in fourteen games, so shame on you for thinking they'll score against the mighty red and white. I <laughs> know, well you know, the clean it's not sheets not like Burton managed it or anything, is yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. So. The clean sheets have gone now. Well actually no, I'm gonna say two
0: one if Remy Matthews plays I'm going to say 2-0 if just anyone oh. else plays in goal yeah there's a bit of salt Paddle, now I'm being Paddle negative in. now Ooh. I'm needling yeah you can tweet me if you want I don't care <laughs> then he's fine yeah I'm not bothered see you heard us here first no please don't I'm really sensitive I'll cry um, but yeah <laughs> I think I think Danny Cowley as well and similar to what you were saying Jim about who you wanted I'm, I'm pretty sold on him now on oh, no, Owen um, Coyle yeah
3: On on Coyle, obviously on on Coyle, yeah. But no, I
0: think Danny Cowley's going to get the job and I think that's who I hope it'll be. Um, On Saturday, me and Matthew will be reunited on the pod. Two pods in a row I've done without Matthew Keelan. I'm lost. Um, But we'll be back on Saturday to react to the Wigan game and maybe a new manager. Who knows? And then Gareth and Stephen will be back on Monday to review... Probably was even more chaos in the world of Sunderland FC. But come on, it's never boring, is it? Come on, this is the longest pod we've done in ages, and it's just cost us loads to talk about. And even though it's for kind of bad reasons, you know, it's Love never it, dull. Me. It's never dull, Please. is it? So thanks for listening, and hopefully, hopefully, positive news is very much on the horizon. <laughs>